It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Check it out. minutes or whatever Dougie Fresh was on. Hey, what's up, everybody? Didn't realize between work and a holiday and everything, it's been so long since I checked in. But you know what this is. This is the Ruler of the Court podcast. We talk about the Sacramento Kings. We talk hip-hop and whatever else may come to mind. Uh, I'm fresh back. Well, not fresh off about a week or so. Maybe a little less than a week removed from checking out the Sacramento Kings and Summer League. I want to kind of give you things I heard about the Kings, things that people were saying about the Kings when I was in Summer League. You know, it's always one thing to give you my opinion, my take on the team, but I always find it more interesting when I can share things that other people are saying about the team and where the team might be headed. And for the first time in a while, <laughs> some of those things are pretty positive. So we'll touch on that. And in the hip-hop portion of the show, we'll touch on one of my favorite hip-hop albums of all time. It recently celebrated a 10-year anniversary. That's Nas' album, Life is Good. But before we get into that, let's go ahead and dive right on into our Kings talk. Kings did not defend their Summer League championship, as we all know by now. Well, that's not that big of a deal to me. Actually, it's no big deal at all to me because... Really, win or lose in Summer League, I don't care. It's about working on things, getting better at things. And really, this is the one time of year in basketball that, and to me, generally the preseason where I don't care about wins and losses. I want to see what you're working on. That being said, Keegan Murray had an outstanding Summer League. Second year in a row, the Kings' first-round pick has come out and had a great showing in Summer League. 2021, Davion Mitchell wins MVP of Summer League. This year, it's Keegan Murray. He is your Summer League MVP. Did so. Uh, Nice little tidy averages, I guess you could say, of 23.3 points, 7 rebounds, 2 assists, 1.3 steals. Shot 50% from the field, 40% from 3, 81% from the line. Yeah, basically... Hall of Fame numbers. <laughs> you know, I'm not going to, we're not obviously going to seriously put Keegan in the Hall of Fame just yet, but he pretty much showed why he was an accomplished scorer in college, why so many scouts believed that he was the most NBA ready of the top prospects, and why he'll probably, you know, be in the starting lineup from the Kings from day one. As I, I believe they'll go with small ball to start the games with Harrison Barnes at one forward. And Keegan Murray at the other. 
just a hunch. I can't see bringing him off the bench, but, you know, he is still a rookie, and that's always subject to change. But what was the most – I can't really say what the most impressive thing about Keegan Murray was. Well, no, we'll try, though, of course. One, I would say I really liked his poise. I liked how he bounced back from mistakes. I look back to, say, the California Classic where he was having some ball handling issues. Guys stealing the ball from him, you know. Like he was struggling out in space against some of those quicker athletes. You see him as, the, as those games progressed. You could see the adjustments he was making. You know, of course, some of that's going to be coaches. Coaches helping him see things and adjust to the game. But you got to also give uh, Murray credit for his ability to keep his head in the game, stay you know stay stay focused, and continue to make things happen. And when I look at what he was able to accomplish, like I said, I can't hate at all on what he accomplished in the summer league. It was outstanding, I think, from um, all around. Now, do I expect him to average 20-plus during the regular season? No, in, in the real season? No. He'll be playing with other NBA players. He won't be the focal point. You know, he's not going to get more shots probably than De'Aaron Fox and DeMontis Sabonis. You know, He'll probably be third or fourth in shot attempts with you know with Harrison Barnes, and depending on how many times Malik Monk and Kevin Herter can get the ball up, you know uh, Keegan may not be seeing nearly the number of shots he saw in summer league. But that's not to diminish what he did. I think he, it's, like I said, he had a great summer. But I would just hope everyone would temper their expectations for him just a little bit. I mean, people are saying he's going to be the rookie of the year, which he very well might be, but. And I said, I, I wouldn't base all of that just off of, you know, summer league, you know. Uh, you look at uh, Paolo Banchero, he uh, he only played a couple of games. So you have to believe that, you know, he, you know, he averaged 20 in those two games. You have to believe he's going to put up some monster numbers over the course of his rookie year. I think Chet Holmgren is going to put up some numbers playing in OKC. I mean, there's going to be some guys, you know, Jabari Smith Jr. might be in, should get opportunities now that the Rockets have, tra- you know, they traded Christian Wood. So there's going to be some guys who have some chance to put up some numbers as well. And especially in the case of Paolo, they probably can make an argument. He's going to be the first or second best player on that team from the jump or the focal point. And I don't think Keegan's going to be the focal point for the Kings, which is going to hurt his chances at getting an award like that. But definitely... You know, an all all rookie team definitely playing the rookie game, the all star rookie sophomore game, all star weekend, all that stuff, which seemed to be well within reach for Keegan. And like I said, it's all all good, all good, especially <laughs> for Keegan Murray. But enough of the Keegan Murray love fest. We're gonna have plenty of time to to jump on that over the course of the season. I want to talk to everyone about some of the things I kind of. Just picked up from people talking about the Kings while I was in Las Vegas. Oh, even though I'm not covering the team like that anymore, I'm not the full time beat writer or anything like that. It's just like probably the way it'll always be for me. I'm constantly being asked about the Kings. People are bringing in their Kings questions to me. You know, what's going on? So by default, I'm forced to kind of just keep tabs on what's going on with them. And also if I can have some halfway decent to tell everyone on the podcast. But one of the consistent things I heard while I was in Vegas was this is the most talented 
Kings roster in years. And why is that? I mean, it's definitely the most talented team they've had. Oh, yo, as someone said, um, definitely more talent than any team, probably top to bottom that Luke Walton had. Probably you would even say more talent than any team that Dave Yeager had. So now you got to go back even further. I think uh, you maybe you would say the George Carl team had had comparable talent just because they had some vets. They had an all-star in DeMarcus Cousins. Rajon Rondo wasn't too far removed from his all-star days at that point. Being six years ago, you know, he wasn't too far removed. We had Rudy Gay. So you had some players on that team. It wasn't like you just had a bunch of bums. But since then, this is probably definitely the deepest team the Kings have had in terms of their rotation. I'd been critical in the past of just the lack of depth on this roster. The Kings, have, to me, have always been a team that far too long has had a team of, you know, two high level, maybe 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 two and a half, depending on the day, high level NBA starters and a bunch of role players that are playing out of the, the role they really should be in on a solid NBA team. I think now you look at the Kings roster, you go one through eight, one through nine, I see solid rotation players, not guys playing out of their role in that, in that stretch. If you go De'Aaron Fox, then you go to, say, Kevin Herter, Harrison Barnes, DeMontis Sabonis, Keegan Murray, Malik Monk, Terrence Davis, Rashawn Holmes, Chemezi Metu. That's a nice <laughs> group right there in terms of a solid rotation. You know, um, most people would tell you that Rashawn Holmes really is a backup uh, center type energy guy, and that if he's starting for you, you probably got you're probably not going to be very good. That's not that's not shaded Rashawn. Just speaking to the overall situation, the Kings are in now. If you're bringing Rashawn off the bench, that's a hell of a backup. That's a hell of a backup plan, so to speak. Yo, know, Chemezi Metu is an, can be a, the rot, I believe is a rotation NBA player. We saw what Malik Monk can do with the Lakers, and you've seen it throughout his career. He can be a, a scorer. Kevin Herter has played big a big minutes and a big role on a playoff team. DeMontis Sabonis has been to the playoffs. Harrison Barnes has obviously been to the playoffs, been on the championship team. So just in terms of the depth, it's much better than we're used to seeing from this from the Kings in quite some time. And as more than one person told me, this is legitimately the best Kings team they've seen in quite some time. With the, you know, uh, adding to that, you know it is when you can go into it, you can have the fourth overall pick and not be relying on Keegan Murray to come in and save you. And I think in the past years, every high Kings pick has been expected to come in and perform a miracle, one that they couldn't pull off. With that being said, with all this chatter about how hype people should be about the Kings, and is this a playoff team? It made, it made me question, okay, where are the Kings at this juncture? Obviously, no games have been played. Nothing's been won or lost, but just in the West, where do they sit? I think they should, you know, I think anything outside of the top 10 this season will be a disappointment. 
you know, anything outside of a playing berth would definitely be a disappointment for uh, Mike Brown in his first season. But let's just look at this. How much of a disappointment, excuse me, a little tongue-tied. No, I have not been drinking tonight. But how much of a disappointment would it really be? Let's just look right now. Who were the team that you would clearly say, okay, going into a season would probably be ahead of the Kings? Obviously, you got the Warriors, you got the Suns, the Mavs, the Grizzlies, the Pelicans. I still keep the Timberwolves and the Clippers. Right there, we're already at seven teams. The Nuggets have the MVP. That's eight. And then I don't think the Lakers can be any worse than they were last year. And they still fit the hit of the Kings. I think that's nine. And you got if you, if Portland has a healthy Damian Lillard, you think that he'll be able to get them in the top ten mix, especially assuming if Jeremy Grant can help him out some. Okay, so now you you know you got ten teams right there. The teams who I would put outside of the mix for the uh, the Kings, uh, should I say below them? I think the Thunder and Rockets are definitely in rebuilding, along with the Spurs, and then I would throw the Jazz in there too. Just because, well, they traded Rudy Gobert. They got, they're got they collecting draft picks. And Donovan Mitchell, hypothetically, could still be traded. You know, have the city of New York looking for Spider-Man, as uh, one of the memes I saw said. So, it's, it's just in this kind of breakdown, at worst, the Kings are the 11th best team in the West. Which would still keep them out the playoffs. So... Are we going to bank on, say, the Lakers imploding again? Are are you going to bank on Portland having a bunch of injuries again? Will the Rudy Gobert and Minnesota experiment go so awry that they fall at the top ten? It's going to be hard to say, especially with Anthony Edwards you know, emerging, and I, as I see it, on his way to being an all-star caliber player. The Clippers, Ty Lue does a hell of a job coaching them. Through all the injuries, and they added John Wall. I mean, they still may be team load management over the course of the year, but I can't imagine them slipping to the point to where they wouldn't be in the top 10. So I say all that to say, this is still going to be a daunting task for the Kings. It's still not going to be, I would, everyone who's on the, although definitely make the playoffs uh, bandwagon, I would definitely temper those expectations because we still have not seen at least consistently, what the Kings need, which is De'Aaron Fox playing at an all-star level consistently over the course of a season. You know, when De'Aaron's at his best, he gets player of the week, and the Kings really don't lose. But those those lows are where they're going to determine exactly what the Kings can do over the course of the year. If there's too many lows, the Kings could be could be right back where they've been, which is headed back to the lottery next year. And making that playoff streak 17 years old and just one more year away from being able to vote. So that's where the Kings are, my post-Summer League observations and takes. And before we move on to my favorite thing to discuss, we're going to get a good word from the good people over at DraftKings. If you've listened to this at all, you know I'm not much of a (laughs) gambling man, but that doesn't mean... I can't tell you all about DraftKings because you know why? The action never ends at DraftKings Sportsbook, especially this summer. That's right. You know, don't the books are still open during the summer. Don't think because there's no basketball and football being played, there's nothing you can do. 
With tons of ways to bet on all your favorite sports, you can fuel your fandom and feel the heat of the season like never before. Plus, right now, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving new customers a risk-free bet up to $1,000. What did you say? What? Yep, that's right. $1,000. Make your first bet up to $1,000, and if it doesn't win, you'll get another shot to cash in. Hmm. Interesting. So you know what you can do? You can throw down all the major action for baseball, golf, MMA, and more. Plus, with with same-game parlays, spreads, money lines, over-unders, and props, your betting options feel endless. For me, that means if I was going to, if I were going to bet, I'd probably be putting money down on my L.A. Dodgers. You know, they just, going into the All-Star break, they beat the team from Anaheim. I mean, well, they call them off the L.A. Whatever they call them, they're the Anaheim Angels. They're in Orange County, you know. But uh, coming out, you know, the Dodgers be playing the Giants, and the Dodgers owe the Giants some payback. So if you're going to, I would parlay on my Dodgers not getting swept by the Giants again. So that's something I might look at. You know, you might be looking at something different, but go ahead, take a look. There's also going to be plenty of golf going on and other baseball. MMA is always great this summer. So check it out. And you know what? Best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Here's what you got to do. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Make your first deposit and and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's promo code TBPN. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. And now let's get back to the show. Okay, everyone. As we wrap this uh, episode up and talk a little music... I want to reflect on, like I said, which I, well, what I believe is one, one of my, my, it's my favorite Nas album of all time. And it, I know it's not Illmatic, it's not, you know, the Five Mike classic, but it's my favorite because of the, the subject matter and just the overall content. That's Life is Good. It was released uh, July 17th. Uh, it sounds like uh, some of the, that week, I mean, I've seen a couple of different release dates for it. But it was still July of 2012 when this album was released. It resonated with me so much that I actually have Life is Good tattooed on my right arm. And the reason why the album resonated so much is because Nas is coming out of his divorce to Khalees. And at the point, at that point, my marriage was pretty shitty and I was headed toward divorce too. <laughs> so the album resonated with me in a different kind of way. This kind of subject matter... You know, and I just want to hit on to me some of the uh, the highlights of this album. If you get a chance, definitely check it out. It's maybe an underrated Nas album, but it's definitely a good album. So I would I, I would take you to the no introduction, which is oddly enough an introduction where Nas is very introspective, talking about his marriage. You know. You know, talking about love and not being in love anymore and kind of what what your friends and everybody say about you, all that type of stuff. 
you know, it's uh, I love that it's to my favorite Nas introduction too. So again, like I said, this is my favorite Nas album, so I'm clearly biased. And I'll skip down to you know, accident murderers. You know, it's uh, Nas and Rick Ross. You know, basically calling out the guys who claim to be tough guys when they're really not so tough. You know, it's like you tough, but it's not because you're really a tough guy. Circumstance kind of made you look tough. So, like I said, yeah, this is one of my that's one of my favorite Nas jams for sure. And the next track after that is called Daughters. And this is the song that made me wish I had a daughter. I have, you know, three sons. Uh Okay, my girlfriend's daughter, you know, she's not my daughter, but it's like my, I call her my spirit child. But when this song came out, that was not my spirit child. So I didn't have a daughter. And this is a song, it's a, to me, it's a beautiful song. And like I said, made me wish I had a daughter at the moment. But yeah, no, actually, I, I only had two boys at that point. The third boy hadn't arrived yet. So be clear, I, I said I had three boys at that point. I didn't, I had two. But yeah, that's a that's a that's a great one. Uh, I love and kind of just hit you with a couple other ones. Uh, Cherry wine near the end of the album. It's Nas and Amy Winehouse, the late Amy Winehouse, and Amy Winehouse was a big fan of Nas. I'm glad they were able to collaborate before her passing. It's one of my favorite songs. That no favorite. It's one of my favorite Amy Winehouse songs. But just uh, the fact that she was able to collaborate with one of my favorite MCs made the song that much better. And then the final uh, uh, track is Bye Baby. It's basically the end of the marriage, even the relationship. And because, like I said, I was in a space at that point where I knew my thing was going to be over. You know, and he kept on, you know, yeah, they had the sample. I guess you knew when blue a good thing, you know, to, you know, sampling the the the, uh, the classic guy song, and yeah, it's just it if, if you had to be almost in a a space mentally where you could really relate to what he was going through to enjoy the album to its fullest. And like I said, I enjoyed this album to its fullest. So for your summertime listening, check this, revisit this album. I sure you'll I'm sure you'll like love as much as I do. Well maybe not as much, but you'll definitely enjoy it. Unless you're going through a bad relationship, you may not want to play this. It may not it may make you feel some type of way. So that being said, shout out to the Basketball Podcast Network. Shout out to DraftKings. Uh I'm gonna be going out of town again. It's the off season. I'm not you know, I'm chilling. So <laughs> this is the uh you can find me on Twitter at Mr. underscore Jason Jones. You can find me on Instagram at Mr. Jones LBC. And this is the Ruler of the Court podcast. And you all have fun out there. I'm going to be out of town for a couple of weeks. So I'll check back in when I get back. Maybe there'll be some Kings news worth chatting about. Maybe not. If not, I know we'll have some hip hop to holler at you about. Y'all take it easy out there. I'm out.